You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Welcome back, my friends, to the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. What are we talking about today? Talking about Portland again. Portland is getting some national headlines, but not for the stuff you really want. Shootings out down there are out of control. What is going on in P-Town? What is happening in Portlandia? Just gun violence is wildly out of control. They're on record for way over a 1,000 shootings. They're on pace for that right now. So what, what are city leaders in Portland? What are they saying about this? City leaders remain relatively quiet on gun violence plaguing Portland. Before we jump on in here, if you're new, thanks for being here. My name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies. So I'm a real estate guy that reads the news. Let's jump on in. To give you an example of what I'm talking about, um, this is a new story that, and, and I follow these stories, and they're they're out there. You can find them on all kinds of sources. All the local Portland, I mean, they will cover them. But depending on what kind of network they are, some will just you know do full on stories. Some will be like paragraph on page you know B seven, whatever it is. But officers pull woman from bedroom window after she was shot multiple times in Northeast Portland. This is I, I'm just going to read a quick por- portion of this because this is an example of what's going on. A woman was shot multiple times early Tuesday morning, yesterday morning, in Northeast Portland, police said. The woman called 911 at 3.16 a.m., REM cycle sleep hours, right, and told dispatch that she woke up to gunfire coming into her bedroom at her home on the 5200 block of Northeast 91st Avenue. She said she'd been shot five times and was in her bed but couldn't move. She had also told dispatch that she had two pit bulls in the house. What a nightmare. You're, you're just in bed asleep. You're like, oh, my gosh, I hope the gun violence doesn't get me. And yet it does. Got this, gal. This is the kind of stuff that's going on day in and day out, night in and night out. And so city leaders, what are they doing? Mayor Ted, what's he doing? Ah, Not much. There have been more than 90 shootings in the month of January in Portland. This is Portland. This is not Chicago. Chicago, whole nother level of gun violence, right? You look at the numbers there. Wow. That is a city. They've got, they need a big box of tissues for all of their issues there, right? I mean, seriously, that's just crazy. A home near Southeast 84th in Clinton was riddled with bullets Thursday night. This is a few day old story. So here's, here's yet. Yet another example. One of the bullets went through a three-year-old girl's bedroom. She was not in there. The family was lucky, but that was not the case for everybody. It's the kind of pain you don't understand until you've been through it, said Jennifer Adams. The crying is so deep inside. So this is what we're getting into here is, you know, the, the real impact on humanity when you've got these shootings. You see the statistics, you see the news stories. And then you hear about it from the individuals, and this is kind of that. Adams lost her brother-in-law, a father of three, to gun violence in mid-January in Portland. His brother-in-law was also shot and killed in the same southeast Portland shooting. So you got loss loss of life happening here. I mean, and people just, just shooting each other up, right? Just days earlier, several vehicles and homes along Northeast Thompson were struck by gunfire in one of seven shootings over a 12-hour span, 12-hour span in your city, you got seven shootings. I mean, that's that's Chicago style right there. I, I hate to be brutally honest, but that is. I mean, you look at the number of shootings in Chicago, number of murders in Chicago, oh, it is, it, it's mind-blowing. You hear about this stuff and hope it doesn't happen in your backyard until it does. 
said a young woman who was staying in a home hit by bullets. There have been more than 90 shootings in January in Portland. That compares to 51 in January of 2020. So, you know, getting, getting on close to being double there, right? There were more than 890 shootings in 2020 in Portland. There were 500 fewer, fewer shootings in 2019. So what you've got is you've got shootings and homicides basically up in so many of these cities. A lot of the other crime is down because you just don't have the number of people out and about walking around doing their thing. You don't have the people moving around to be targets of this crime. You don't have, it's just, it's not out there. So you've got this real disparity of these crime statistics. Gun violence in Portland is out of control. That's to put it mildly. There is no other way to put it. Public information officers with the Portland Police Bureau will typically address the issue if asked. KGW thought, and this is a KGW 8 article, KGW thought it was about time city leaders do the same. What are you going to do about this? What are you going to do for your constituents? What are you going to do for the people in your city? We, re- we reached out to all four Portland City Commissioners, as well as Mayor Ted Wheeler, via email and Twitter. We wanted to know what they think of the violence. Could the dismantling of the gun violence reduction team, the GVRT, that's a big deal. That got dismantled. Could that have anything to do with it? Let's see. Let's just look at this on the surface. The gun violence reduction team was eliminated because we are reimagining, we are rethinking we're just coming up with different plans. But in the meantime, the gun violence is off the charts, right? I mean, it just is. And so in their infinite wisdom in Portland, we got rid of the gun violence reduction team. I mean, that's what's going on. And then a byproduct of that, huh, shocking, shootings go up. Is, that, is there a cause and effect there? I mean, I'm not really sure. I'm not that great with stats and all that stuff, but could you make an argument that eliminating something called the gun violence reduction team might increase gun violence? I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. Don't know a lot about this stuff. I just read the news, but I'm just saying, I think there could be a cause and effect there. I need to get back to you on that though. I'm totally kidding. Clearly, this is this is direct evidence of, okay, when you defund the police and you get rid of some of these programs, there are going to be consequences. Lots more shootings, that's one of them. Aside from the automated response from Dan Ryan's office and some back and forth with staffers from Mingus Maps and Joanne Hardesty, the three city commissioners had nothing to say. What are they going to say? Jeez, yeah. We, we know it's bad. We know we should be doing something about this, but we really don't know what to do. We're basically just going to decommission programs that aren't politically, you know, you know, in our favor right now. We're going to defund the police. We're going to do all kinds of stuff there. But the, as far as the shootings go, mm, yeah, need to get back to you on that one. A lot of need to get back to you on stuff, right? Spokesperson for Mayor, Mayor Wheeler's office directed KGW to comments he made several days ago. The GVRT is gone. It's dead. It's kaput. And he's talking about the gun violence reduction team. And, he, and I watched this interview, and he says it as if this is a proud thing. Oh, yeah, it's gone. It's out of there. We'll have nothing more to do with that. The GVRT is gone. It's dead. It's kaput, said Mayor Wheeler. Now the question is, what replaces it? And what replaces it will have more prevention focus, more community engagement focus, and it'll have the support of the community. The community needs to have less shootings right now. 
They don't need to reimagine, rethink. They need the help right now. And what are you doing? Well, you're basically ignoring the issue. I mean, am I missing something here? You, you've gone ahead, you took out a, the gun violence reduction team, and now you're wondering why shootings are on the rise? Oof, yeah. And, and, and to go back and, and quote him, now the question is what replaces it? Okay, let's look at that for just a moment here. So you got rid of the gun violence reduction team because it's no longer popular. I mean, it was kind of working, but, you know, we're not working on logic here. We're just going to cut programs. You know, ah, this, this just isn't politically correct. So let's get rid of it. The GVRT, the gun violence reduction team. And the, now the question is what replaces it? So we just eliminated it without any thought about, oh, Maybe it did have a place in the community. Maybe it was doing some good. But we're just going to get rid of that. And now the real question is, what do we do? What do we do? But don't worry. Whatever we do do, it will it'll have more prevention focus. Okay, because we need that. Because we got none right now. It'll have more community engagement focus. Well, yeah, maybe. But you need to Johnny on the spot get something going right now. Because your shooting statistics are skyrocketing. And it'll have support of the community. All right. I think the community needs something sooner than later, is what I'm reading in between the lines in all these stories. And I watch all the videos on this stuff. And it's heartbreaking. I mean, I mean, people are just they're dying. And a lot of them are innocent people. I mean, people are People are getting shot. And, you know, some of these guys, they're beefing, they're doing their thing like normal, but you just crack out the guns and shoot each other. That seems to be what's going on. So it'll have more support of the community. The article goes on to say that remains to be seen. Agreed. What is clear is that most those most impacted by the gun violence have no problem speaking up and demanding justice. We're all heartbroken and hurt, said Adams. Anyone with information about any shooting is urged to contact the Portland B- Police Bureau. And if that story went on, it would say we currently have no suspects and nobody is really, you know, they're not really talking to us because snitches get stitches. And that, that's kind of true. Anytime you have a shooting, people are like, yeah, I'm not really going to say much about that because the guys that did the shooting, mm, those are not the guys I want coming for me, Right. I mean, if you're in that, that spot, let's be honest, that's kind of your mindset too. It's like, uh, I'm going to hunker down. Let's just hope, let's hope Mayor Ted comes up with something. He reimagines and rethinks something. Good luck with that. All right. So we've got that story going on. We've got people getting shot. Um, we had a story last week and this has to do with it. Readers respond to Portland plummeting down the list of desirable cities. So you got this gun violence going on. You've got a downtown core with a lot of businesses that are shut down, having a tough time reopening, not reopening. A um, couple of big breweries have closed down, one's for sale. Um, and you've got a boarded up, graffitied up downtown. And a lot of people are saying, ah, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. And, and some of the readers. So these are citizens of Portland. I want you to hear what, these, what some of these people are saying, because I think some of this is pretty darn interesting. Um, and what happened is between 2017 and 2020, or now, Portland's desirability from a business standpoint, it has plummeted. It went from like number three on the list of desirable places to have a business, you know, buy real estate, all that good stuff. It went from number three on a list of 80 down to number 68. 
Now, people are, some people are saying, oh, this is great. This is an opportunity for the common man. They haven't quite thought that through, and that's what we're going to talk about. So readers respond to Portland plummeting down the list of desirable cities. Is the, Here's a comment. Is this such a bad thing? We've been complaining about the growth rate for years. So just, you know, encourage some shootings, encourage some graffiti, encourage bashing out storefronts, encourage 100, 120 days of rioting against federal buildings. Is this such a bad thing? Well, that kind of activity, that's in my book as a real estate guy, that's not a good thing. It's that's not where you want to be with your community. So we've been complaining about the growth rate for years. Hey, let's stop it by basically kind of ruining our downtown core. Let's do that. Let's this is a, this, this is a, this is a good change of pace. I mean, this is something we want our city to look like crap so that we, you know, slow the growth rate down. There is some genius genius thinking there, right? And here's a summation. A new report by the Urban Land Institute says Portland has plummeted from one of the most a nation's most desirable real estate markets to the bottom of the 80-city ranking. The decline occurred over just four years. That's what I kind of told you. Courtney Sherwood via Facebook. Here's what she said. Well, yeah, we have demolished almost everything interesting about it. <laughs> Courtney just coming out with the truth. Yeah, we have demolished almost everything interesting about it. Now, I talk a lot about people running conventions and tourism and business because I own a couple of small businesses. And so I'm always pro-business because that's, that's my background. And for people bringing in tourism to a downtown core, Seattle a no-go, Portland a no-go, San Francisco a no-go. You just can't bring people in from the outside. And it's like, it's like sticker shock, but it's cultural shock. Oh my gosh, what are the tents doing on the side? Are there people camping on the sidewalk? Yes, we are in love with our fellow human citizens. So we're going to let them shoot up and camp out in those tents until they die. That's what we're doing in our progressive run cities. That's what's going on. And so I talk a lot about businesses who their business is, is tourism, conventions, that whole kind of thing. Because that has a lot to do with what's going on in downtown. And guess what? Portland, that is not on the list of cities to run any kind of convention. Seattle, not so much either. I mean, that's a tough sell. Hey, you guys want to go to Seattle and see the people living on the sidewalks? Mm, nah, I, I think I'll stay home. Could we, go to, could we go to Miami? It's warm there and there's more freedom, right? <laughs> Can we go to Dallas? It's not as bad there and there's there's more freedom, right? Let's not go to Portland. Let's, let's not go to Seattle. And I'm a Seattle guy. And I like Portland. Portland's a great city. At least it once was. I mean, cool areas. I mean, you got rivers there, you've got mountains, you got Mount Hood right there to the east. I mean, it's amazing. But with this kind of influence going on, the shooting and all this other good stuff, garbage, the garbage in Portland is just like, oh, oof. needs a cleaning, but it always does, right? All right. So, Jennifer Gilbert via Facebook says, rise in homelessness on the streets, comma, graffiti and garbage everywhere, comma, riots that last 100 days, mayor that does nothing. Is this news any surprise at all? Not in my book, not in Jennifer Gilbert's either. Has anyone traveled through Portland lately, especially the I-5 corridor? That is a really good question. And if you haven't, then... You know, you probably need, if you get a chance to, if you want to, if that's your thing, take a look. Maybe don't get out of your car. Don't take a first date there, right? You know, but again, you go outside of Portland, 
not necessarily into the areas where I'm describing the shootings happening, but there's a lot of cool suburban stuff going on in Portland. So, you know, Seattle and Portland both get a really bad rap because of this stuff. It's not everywhere, but definitely impacts. I mean, we're talking about it, right? Tons of other people are talking about it. It definitely impacts the city's image. The city, both of the city, those cities, their images have been tarnished by this kind of stuff. All right, here's Eric Mitt via wweek.com. His opinion, slightly different than mine and probably most of yours. Good. Whatever is bad for house flippers and real estate speculators is good for working class Portlanders. All right, let's start with this one. He says, good, whatever is bad for house flippers. Okay, in the downtown core, there are not a lot of house flippers. So, you know, commercial guys don't necessarily flip the same way that house flippers do. So we have got somebody here who sees a headline, doesn't really understand the economics behind it, makes statements. And this is what major media picks up on this kind of statement is whatever is bad for house flippers and real estate speculators is good for working class Portlanders until the working class Portlanders go to sell their home. My house is worth what? Oh, yeah, all those riots, all the garbage. Nobody really wants to live here. Oh, until that happens. So working class Portlanders. Okay, so you're a lot of the jobs come from the downtown urban areas, right? That's where your big businesses are in the big high rises. So you are telling me that if you destroy downtown Portland, where a lot of the jobs are, that that is good for the working class people who need jobs. That's good for working class Portlanders. No, it's not. Businesses won't want to come in to your area. You'll have less economic development. You'll have less desirability for housing. You've already got businesses saying, ah, no, not so much. So it is not good for working class Portlanders. That is just wildly incorrect. I'm sorry, Eric Mitt, you don't have a clue. You're just talking and you don't really understand economics, especially urban land economics. Got to disagree. I have to probably agree to disagree there that it's good for working class Portlanders. It is not. That is not the direction you want to head in. Geek Mike Oregon via Twitter. Downtown real estate value doesn't really mean much to the vast majority of the citizens until they notice that their jobs within their city aren't quite as plentiful as they used to be because major employers aren't relocating there. They are moving out. They're going elsewhere. That's what we have going on in Seattle, right? Amazon's taking all those jobs from Seattle. Ah, They're moving over the suburbs. They're doing that kind of thing. Portland, same thing. You're going to see the exact same thing. Sure does mean a lot to corporate investment firms, though. This, again, from Geek Mike Oregon via Twitter, doesn't really understand how this impacts the overall picture. The real estate value of downtown, that is something totally aside. So those, those values plummet, that is going to have an impact because that means there is less demand and there's going to be more supply, but it also means businesses aren't going to want to be in downtown Portland. They aren't going to hire people. They aren't going to have employees there. That's how it impacts you. Corporate investment firms, they're out there. They're the people who put commercial real estate together, right? You need to have those in, in a society. That's just who it does. So don't look at them as the bad guys. Look at the activity going on that is making your city bad and then 
point your finger at whomever is not taking care of that, those are the bad guys. They're the, those are the guys letting it happen. And what we're basically saying is that political leadership is letting this happen. Is there any other can we blame anybody else? Can we blame just, ah, which we're just going to blame society in general for its failures. Let's look at Con Neeps via wweek.com coming from an outsider's viewpoint. So take this for what it's worth. And this is a lot of the comments I get too. Um, people talking about Seattle, hey, I was in Seattle. And man, it was cool back in the day. But man, it is a S show. And that's the PG version, right? So this person goes, and I realize what locals think of non-locals. My wife and I have been visiting Portland consistently several times a year for the last seven years. There's so much we've loved about this city. With COVID and our jobs moving to permanently remote, we considered if this was time to relocate to Portland. This summer, though, it was very striking the changes that have occurred. Portland and Seattle. I'm not referring to the homelessness or grit you get in any urban area, which we're very used to and comfortable with. This summer, the city and bits of the east side quite frankly looked trashed. And that's the impression you get. It's like, oh, it's boarded up. There's a lot of graffiti, graffiti that I'm not on board with. It's not that's not the kind of that's not the message that I'm going with. Businesses have obviously been rocked. You got a lot of for lease, you got vacant space, all that stuff. And there's a lot of trash. I mean, we just, I just did a, a, a podcast on how Portland is just cleaning up trash, 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 and yet it never looks any better. It was striking next level vandalism, trash, graffiti, homelessness, etc. That by itself in pockets isn't awful, but it had clearly so exponentially accelerated in 2020 that I didn't feel like I was in the same city. That's the same feeling a lot of people are getting, specifically in Portland. They're like, what happened here? How did this happen? How did this occur? Well, we love our fellow human beings so much that we're just going to let them do whatever they want. And this is what they're doing. They're not putting their trash in the trash can or the dumpster in the park. They're living in the park. They're vandalizing everything. And sometimes at night, they go on these wild sprees where they bash windows in and, you know, vandalize stores and small businesses. Ugh, yeah, they don't really want to be around here because it's not safe for the owners, their employees, their customers, or anybody for that matter. Let's see what Philip Higgins via Facebook said. Hint, it's not vandalism and trash. It's inclusionary zoning and rent control. All right, I'm not really sure what path we're going down there. Inclusionary zoning, I mean, I can kind of picture where we're going, but it's the downtown core, so I don't know. We're just going to skip by that one. Jason Jaworski via Facebook, is this such a bad thing? Question mark. We've been complaining about the growth rate for years. If it's really taking a pause solely due to the negative press, it's not the negative press, it's the activity that the press is reporting that is actually happening. If it really is taking a pause solely due to the negative press, enjoy the moment because it's an awesome place to live and the masses will soon be moving in again. All right, maybe that's true. Maybe, you know, maybe we're just going to blow by this. I don't think so. I, I mean, I can kind of see where this person's coming from. I'm going to say this person is, uh, I don't know. I don't know how old they are. But a lot of millennials don't know that you're not supposed to have tents in parks. They go through these parks and think, ah, this is just normal. I read a pod, you know, I did a podcast yesterday and one of the moms was, you know, taking her kid to a park or somewhere and the kid's like three or four and, and the kid is saying, when I grow up and move into a tent, 
mean, this kid is so used to seeing tents and homeless people that he associates when you get older, that's just what you do. I mean, well, I wonder what his cognitive thought or reasoning is. Some people live in tents. Some people live in homes. You know how kids kind of think that camping is cool. I used to camp in the backyard all the time. I mean, that's just what you do. Yeah, mom and dad, I'm going to go camp in my tent. You guys, you guys don't have no idea what you're talking about. I'm out of here. I'm going to go in the backyard. And, uh, and, and so you do as a kid. But to live in an area where you're like, oh, yeah, I got to explain to my kid that living in a tent is not normal. That's not normal. So a lot of, a lot of millennials, I think, just expect, hey, this is what's going on in a downtown urban area, Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, Washington, D.C. You've just got this going on. This isn't normal. This is not normal. It's not normal. I, I mean, you just you, you can't say that enough. And so will the masses soon be moving in again? The crazy thing about Portland and Washington, Seattle, is that real estate has been going through the roof. I'll try and find one of the um, things that uh, somebody sent me the other day. It was like, it was probably the most offers I've seen and just the craziest real estate story as far as there was 50 offers on a property. And you know, this, the list of, of stuff just went on and on and on. No contingencies, all that stuff. I mean, it's just the craziest real estate market because we have no supply. I am literally day in and day out talking with my brokers, coming up with pricing strategy. And here's the bottom line. And you're not going to hear this from other real estate guys. We don't know what anything is worth. How's that? How is that from a real estate professional? We don't have a clue. Just going to straight out throw that out there. And the reason is, is we don't have enough data to know what homes will actually go for once they're listed. Everything we're listing is selling for way above. So we come up with what has historically happened as a price point. All right, this sold last October for this. We try and guess what it's going to be now and here in February. We have no clue. Some of this stuff goes way over. Some of it goes way, way over list price. Some of it sells for kind of close. So there aren't enough homes in the market. And so that is making something like the masses will soon be moving in again. The masses are already still moving in. So in a certain way, you know, maybe we just blow past through all this. Ah, it's the new norm. It's the new norm. But I don't think so. And, and the businesses in the downtown core, that, and people living in the downtown core, those are the ones that when they get a chance to get out of there, they will. And everybody's pointing to, hey, it's not just the homelessness. It's not the opioid addiction problem. It's the rioting. It's the lack of police. You know, the police are spread too thin. How many stories do I read on that? The, and you're going to see more and more and more of that. And I'm not trying to be a fear mongerer here, but... I mean, that's just kind of where we're headed. Like Mayor Ted, yeah, we got rid of the gun violence production team. We got those guys. We didn't need that. We don't have any gun violence. Oh, yeah, we've got record-setting numbers of gun violence going on, right? Let's not talk about it. Let's just we'll keep that keep that our little secret here. Mum's the word. Don't tell anybody. Maybe it'll go away. I I think it might. Let's just sit here real quiet and pretend it's not going on and hope the city council members don't really say anything either. That's just what we're going to do. But as that storyline does not progress in that direction, I will carry it for you right here on the Seattle Real Estate Podcast because this does impact real estate, right? I mean, we kind of know that. 
Look for more stories on this ridiculous topic. All right, I'm out of here on this one. Catch up with you guys soon. Stay safe. All right, see you on the next one. Bye. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.